Most that shit y'all talking about, ain't really talking about nothing. Say you 25 when you really 32, baby, gon' need, gon' stop friend. Bottle on the club, cause stack, you ain't even got 900. Been 10 with the bus down, the ring, got my whole damn name, got my whole damn name. My day, you put it together on that white jet like Cotello. I don't check emails, better be texting, CC me, you talking reckless, pick it on yellow, food on the all right, we're back once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome back to episode 8080 of How You Living. Yeah, we are 80 in the box, out in the world of the internet, playing you the only radio show live from the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios. We are How You Living, which is where I start. By asking Jazz, how you living? You know what? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So yeah, for this one, I don't have a lot like, or I don't have a lot like planned or like thought about. So like, I feel like this one can be like one of our grab bag episodes. Uh, I mean, that's basically all of the episodes. But yeah, I guess to some degree, sometimes you you come prepared extra for some. I yeah, think, yeah. I, I, like I, I didn't put like yeah. Th- this one, I'm like let let's let's like not vent, but there's a lot of breaking stuff that's happening right now for sure. For um, sure. and kind of to talk about that, kind of riff on it. Uh, but also, I have finished watching that show, The Boys, on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, which and- was that. That wasn't the uh, the Seth Rogen. No, that was Good Boys. What is what is the Boys? The Boys is basically there's an alternate reality where superheroes are corporate stooges, and kind of like a meta analysis of like capitalism and hero worship and nationalism and things oh, like that. Oh, it's the fallen superhero yeah. m- model. I think they were actually advertising that in the theaters for some of the like uh, Avenger movies. Yeah, yeah. This summer. Um yeah, okay. So so what was what's your take on the boys? You know what? I, I like it. It it's it's a funny show. And I don't mean like funny haha, more like funny like oh y'all motherfuckers go there. Like it's campy as fuck. Like, the superheroes, whenever they kill someone, is in, like, this very grotesque and over-the-top fashion. Right. Kind of uh, kind of a la, like, original Batman series, almost? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Look, well, look, no, 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 not like that. Not, like, campy. Okay. Kind of just, like, it's gratuitous and it's R-rated, but it's also, like, would it really do that if that happened? Right. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Because, like, death isn't as grandiose as it is shown in, like, you know, action films, but it's more grandiose than an action film. So okay. it's... It's, yeah, I mean, you, you, uh, people watch it like, and I, I've heard some friends not like it. Um, I I really dug it for kind of like the uh, like it was surface level analysis of things. I feel like, and it did. It took me a while to actually realize that like the gang that's going against the superheroes are the boys, right? Until they like made it explicit in like one episode. I guess spoiler alert, y'all. But um, right, well. Yeah, and I mean it's got uh 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and 8.8 stars out of 10 on uh IMDb. Okay. So, you know, it's not being hated by the internet. So, interesting. Uh good review to start. <laughs> uh and then also, yeah, I guess that also, you know, because they can walk into the tropes of uh of our world, they can probably still make some political kind of Statements kind of similar, all like Mr. Robot, maybe. Yeah, they um, 
So there's a bunch of different arcs in there. I mean, spoiler alert, if you don't watch it, I mean, if you're not going to watch it, listen to it, but I'm probably going to spoil like episodes one and two and three, maybe, I don't know. Um, But like basically the beginning of it is this kid's uh, girlfriend is killed by one of the supers. And they do this whole thing where he has to fill a non-disclosure agreement to get, like, $45,000 or okay. something. And he's like, fuck that bullshit. My girlfriend died. I, I need more than that. And then it turns into a whole uh, series-long subterfuge thing about, like, them versus the Supers right. in a way. So, Which has a dynamic of both uh, overreaching power Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of perhaps our uh, police force kind of debate going on in America. Oh, yeah. Um, and then at the same time, uh, the kind of righteous equality of uh, of of the the avenged, those who have who have been hurt. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it's that's that's cool. And uh, and then, you know, um, kind of similar to kind of what Mr. Robot can do. By making it a little more cartoonish, they can kind of distance themselves from being like a direct, yeah, political, you know, description of like what's going on with Trump or with what's going on in politics. Right mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, with that, I say we go into the longest running segment on this show: a look back at shows and topics we've talked about. A little something called... Coca-Cola callbacks. That's callbacks. Right. Which originally had a cool-ass... Coca-Cola callbacks. Yeah. On the callbacks. Yeah. Coca-Cola callbacks. Yeah. Which actually makes me miss uh, your bill watch segment when i could play the tainted love bill watch thing oh yeah i haven't i need to bring bring back back bill Bill watch Watch. what the fuck am i been doing bill watch is important like bill watch was definitely one of supposed to be one of those things at the beginning where i'm like yeah we need to know what kind of bullshit this congress is going to try to put forth right yeah and yeah so i still i need to keep more track of that go on uh, congress.gov. I don't want to make the excuse that I'm busy. I just haven't prioritized the time enough to do that. So I'm going to start doing that. Callbacks. Dear so that, listeners. That's our, our first callback is to Bill Watch. <laughs> Go back and listen to like the first 38 episodes of the show where Chaz goes in on a bill. And now you can go back and kind of like piece together what's happened to those bills. We could probably do a callback bill watch episode oh, where shit, we just it. follow through and it. see how many of them went to committee, how many of them immediately were just like ignored, right? and how many went to the floor. And, you know, a couple might have gone through, but it's been kind of a do-nothing Congress as far as our, you know, liberal-sided agenda yeah. Uh, so I don't know if there'd be any real been, success stories, but we'd probably yeah. find something we talked about. Yeah, I mean, I partially wanted it so people could be engaged in the pol- political process, but I really wanted to do is find the like very pernicious things that was going to do like the undercurrent and very subtle changes to things, and that has happened. And I've heard of that after the fact from watching different things like Vice interviews and kind of seeing like the subtle. Like, people, I guess, on the right sometimes like to broaden it out to say deregulation. Uh, but, of course, like, here at How You Live In, we want to deal with things in nuance. So, it's like, what are you deregulating? What is the impact of that deregulation? Why was that regulation put in, uh, like, 
put in instated in the first place right and yeah a lot of those times like it's the like one of the things i was probably going to talk about on this episode is the big climate uh protest that happened on friday right and kind of how like a lot of those things when you deal with the person who's in the epa and you deal with the regulations that are for environmental purposes so you know corporate interest doesn't do too much in order to like make money off of the land and not treat it right like you know the oil fires that we've talked about here before uh because they're just jump uh dumping oil into um a river right so so yeah, yeah. uh and my my uh out kind of the blue uh callback is because the last few episodes i mentioned a program called hard knocks which is one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. follows the i know everyone's canceling nfl i don't believe necessarily in cancel culture i'll protest certain things but i don't have to cancel <laughs> anything it's just my world man if you if you hate that i like the nfl it's too bad it's out there <laughs> um also i like uh good sports documentaries so i've always liked uh, hard knocks. Uh, but an interesting side note to that was one of the stars of the show was Antonio Brown and his mission to be a part of the Oakland Raiders. And uh, it's this interesting kind of dynamic of uh, waiting for the right helmet. And then that was after a incident in France where he was getting cryotherapy and like burned essentially, you know, frostbitten uh, one of his feet really badly and so uh he kind of had this whole tumultuous time in training camp which is all that the show covers and then ultimately it kind of ended with the idea that he was going to be a part of the change in the future and then uh he had a series of tweets he eventually i think we mentioned in a podcast called uh one of his general managers uh a cracker so, so uh, yeah, it, it was uh, an interesting thing. But then after the show, post the program, post the cracker remark, mm-hmm. we've gotten multiple allegations now of sexual assault. And uh, basically he made a trade over to New England. He, he played a game. He actually caught a touchdown. And then uh, these allegations came out just before that game. Most people thought he was going to sit the game out. So they could do investigations independently. Uh, this is all alleged as far as the guilt factor, but he was, uh, you know, being at least pursued or charged in some criminal proceedings. Uh, and uh, yeah, he got released by the Patriots, and now neither team is going to pay him his millions of dollars due. At this moment in time, he might be uh, basically a hundred and fifty-eight thousand uh, dollar NFL player for the year off the one game that he played so wow yeah so that callback side story still in effect um you know he's out there technically a free agent um although the league put out a statement saying he's not on the exempt list at the moment at any point he could be placed on it if the investigation goes far enough that there's enough evidence to say that uh he's most likely guilty because that's kind of one of the things the nfl has you don't actually have to be found guilty in court for them to make a decision oh of course not to eliminate you from their league uh so yeah call back on the side there on the antonio brown saga uh and my love of hard knocks and uh it was kind of a wishful thinking for the oakland raiders year and uh, they've rolled out to a one and two start oh all right so we'll see about that and uh yeah. So the environment, Bill Watch, Hard Knocks. I think we can go into 
episode 80. Yeah, yeah. Uh, live in effect here in late September, almost October. It's going to be candy and uh, pumpkin weather soon. Ah, uh, yeah. Are you ready for them pumpkin spice lattes? Have, have they dropped? I feel like have they, I haven't gone into a Starbucks this week. I haven't either. I mean, I kind of expect them to because it's September. And, you know, like, I love summer. Like, summer is my jam. You know, you get to go camping. You get to do float life, callback. Yeah, but... When I mean fall, like fall, you can throw down with the style. Like everybody, basically wearing like you know rompers, shorts, and freaking you know skirts and shit. Um, in the summertime, and yeah, you can look cute in that. But like uh, when fall happens, that's when the fashion happens, y'all. Okay, right. So you're, <laughs> I don't know you're why a, I just said that. Though. You're a scarf sweater man. I am a scarf sweater man. Okay, <laughs> okay. And as a scarf sweater man, you'll be eager and happy to know. Yes, it is officially PSL season. The pumpkin spice latte is out there. Er, er. Uh, be forewarned. If you're afraid of all things pumpkin spice, you may have to avoid your local Whole Foods and Starbucks for all the different products that are coming out involving said spice. Uh, stick to your bodegas and 7-Elevens. You might be able to avoid the whole pumpkin spice yeah. conundrum. You will be in uh, probably a losing position for the Little Drummer Boy Challenge lately. Oh, those gosh. are definitely Little Drummer Boy stores. Right. So I mean, like, just don't go to Canada after, like, uh, October 26th or something. Because right. that's when they have their uh, Thanksgiving. And, yes, the Wham Challenge and the Little Drummer Boy Challenge, I'll be playing. Right. And I'll hope that, I'll, like, one time I took myself out of the Little Drummer Boy Challenge because I just like that song so much. But, you know. That you sang it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> now, question on the... I mean, not to go too far ahead, because, I mean, obviously, some of the people listen, it might be Christmas time. We're not quite in that era, but real just kind of definition of the rules here. Since we were talking about the NFL earlier, now I want to know the rules about the Wham Challenge slash Drummer Boy. Uh, if you have ear pods in, mm-hmm. and you can't hear the surrounding music, right? does that count as an unheard now, because it's like, I know if it's a tree falls in the woods and, and no one's around, mm-hmm. does it vote for Trump? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but um, but can you hear it? Uh, I guess if you're alone, the answer is yes, that counts, because you wouldn't have knowledge. But if you're with somebody and they know that you're in a play and you have ear pods, I'm just, what's the ear pod designation on the Wham Challenge? So I think... If there's video footage of you, what if you're at a wedding uh-huh. and you've got earpods on? Because right. you're like, you've got anxieties and you're not really trying to mesh with the wedding. And no, you were I feel li- you. You were with the groom's family and you know he's like kind of a loser. So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was just asking. I don't know. My face was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you have real harsh takes on the groom and his family. But they invited you and you're at this wedding and you're just earpotting it up, and they play Wham, and then there's video, and it surfaces on YouTube, and we see you hearing Wham at that December wedding. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, do you lose the Wham Challenge even though you had earpods and you didn't hear it yourself? Well, see, that's the thing. I think it, it's definitely on an honor system, but I think you have to acknowledge that you heard the song. So, okay. like, if you heard your own stuff and you didn't even acknowledge that the song was playing, wow. you didn't hear it. So, so listen, folks, it's it's kind of the, <laughs> the juicing of the '90s baseball in the Wham Challenge is just live in your earpods and and make sure your playlist is like trap music. <laughs> <laughs> and and Garth Brooks and you'll be fine. No one's gonna no one's gonna sing Drummer Boy at you. Um you're gonna be alienated from your family and it is the holiday, so it's probably <laughs> bad timing, but uh you know, a win is a win. Yeah, some people have won it. I know I've known a bunch of people to win it. Like I'm o I'm okay but like, cause I do love me some Christmas music. I'm a weirdo like that. One of these days, I'm going to release my Christmas album, like, dead ass. Like, I got enough recording equipment. And if you're listening to this in the future and he has released that <laughs> album, that's amazing. Tweet at us. He's at Chaz Baz, 2028. Right. I think Last Christmas and The Little Drummer Boy would probably be on it because those are two of my favorite tracks. I feel like Last Christmas should be the, like, hidden track. Oh, yeah. Like, you should go, like, old corn album style, yeah. like, where they had that, like, eight minutes of just silence like tool or something mm-hmm. and then and then all of a sudden a song kicks in and it's like a really good song so you're like wow you have to like tell all your friends they have to skip ahead that yeah track. and then the it's last christmas right you can't really like yeah. maybe yeah if i release it like cd only or something yeah only cd and cassette because you want to get <laughs> Yo, all the streams uh yeah it'll be interesting all right so chaz's album look for it uh, what would be the name of your Christmas album? Oh gosh, probably just like a holly jolly Christmas, something like real. It's a holly, real, a holly re- jolly Christmas, or like real basic, like yeah. you know, probably having you on the front cheesing, having Ch- a red sweater on. Chasmus is too on the nose. <laughs> oh, we could do Chasmus. Merry <laughs> Chasmus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just you on like uh, a bearskin rug in front of a fire with some <laughs> presents and like uh, a, a white Russian in your hand. And just a look of like, hey, honey, why don't you turn up that record player and let's have ourselves a Merry Jasmine. <laughs> yes. And then it kicks in and then it's some like K-pop Christmas hit that no one was expecting. <laughs> why don't you have a Christmas, 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 Christmas. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah, we walling on episode eighty of uh, how you I know, it. man. I know, I know. I was gonna make a, uh, I was gonna make an intro song for this one, but uh, I didn't find time because uh, I'm a doctor, y'all. Uh, but with all that, uh, I guess we should probably get serious a little bit. There's yeah, been some, we, we have some stuff going on. There's, so, I mean, okay. Well, uh, we don't have to do this order, and we probably won't hit any of this list. Uh, we have uh, Trump's statements on Ukraine. Oh, yeah. We have uh, Pelosi's reaction to that, which includes word impeachment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the rhetoric and current situation with us in Iran based oh, yeah. on the recent Saudi uh, Arabian oil missile attack, I guess, alleged. I don't know. You know, it's world politics. I haven't mm-hmm. seen the We takers. do have to say alleged, yeah. Uh and then uh and then what was there was oh, the climate change debate and Greta Thornburg, I mm-hmm. believe, in her uh moving speech. And uh let's see. It, what is there's got to be any, something else. We haven't had any gun violence in the last 2 weeks, folks. So 
Uh, uh yeah, not not fi- that I recall. Finally, I mean, obviously, there's plenty of guns. So this is like, dude, email like us all the thousands of actual gun violence that occurred. We haven't got one of those uh, mass shootings in the last couple weeks, which honestly, at this point, is like a miracle. Anytime we can do an episode where there isn't one, that's true. Immediate tragic. That shooting, is very true. Which well. is like bonkers that that's like the bar now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but which out of those or what you kind of brought to the table today? What's something you want to get started with? I know. No, that's uh, that that's pretty good. I guess we can like you know go over our thoughts now that impeachment seems to be on the table at least. Like because we've talked about impeachment before on the show, right. and we've definitely talked about how it's a process where first the impeachment part is the investigation part, right. and that happens in the uh, in, in Congress in the House of Representatives. And and then once they do their investigation, it's up to the Senate whether or not they'll go to trial. And the last two times um, there have been impeachment processes. I can't remember the first one, but the most recent one was Bill Clinton. Um, there's definitely been a um, divided sort of House of Representatives where, you know, the in Bill Clinton's case, I believe that the House of Representatives was dominated by republicans but yeah, the, the ralph, senate the ralph nader revolution yeah so so of course or not they, ralph nader excuse me uh 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 newt gingrich right? oh yeah newt green i can't newt, say newt gingrich yeah gingrich sorry. yeah <laughs> um so and, and then there there was a democratic led or senate and of course they i they no they did try him they tried him yeah they impeached him they tried him he was found like basically no contest kind of not guilty like kind of mm-hmm. mixture and then uh based on that whole like is part the whole i don't know what is means um mm-hmm. and then he wasn't removed yeah that's the key phrase uh we've only impeached uh what was it andrew johnson that's the other one yes and then uh but neither have been removed exactly yeah and yeah. nixon <clears throat> who everyone thought was going to get impeached, and I believe they're in the processes for it. He, he resigned. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, which is why it's interesting that, I mean, I guess the impeachment process would have started to take place, um, but the Republicans are definitely, like, scorning the Dems and mm-hmm. Pelosi for the rhetoric today. Um, I've got a little piece of what Pelosi said just in her speech today in uh, direct link to that part of it. We observe the anniversary of the adoption of the Constitution on September 17th. Sadly, on that day, the intelligence community ex- inspector general formally notified the Congress that the administration was forbidding him from turning over a whistleblower complaint on Constitution Day. This is a violation of law. Shortly thereafter, press reports began to break of a phone call by the President of the United States calling upon a foreign power to intervene in his election. This is a breach of his constitutional responsibilities. So it's, you know, essentially the phone call with Ukraine and uh, dealing with uh, whistleblower uh, is kind of the new evidence they want to start the investigation. Yeah. Into him. Uh, given that on top of the mountain load of things we've talked about on this show. Of course. Which could be entered as evidence once something got started. So, 
Uh, you know, same rhetoric. Also, I am getting tired of hearing Nancy Pelosi. I like her as a senator, but it's just like, uh, it, it, it hurts a little bit that she's the leader because I can see the direction that we're trying to go mm-hmm. and how it, she, it's going to be hard to use that as our kind of mouthpiece to the organizing of the impeachment policy. Cause that's typically given to your majority house leader. Mm-hmm. So ah, I, I don't know. I it's cause I don't know. The Trump is just so good at like kind of belittling people that it just feels like that dynamic works against Pelosi. Cause we're at even Dems are, we're starting to kind of turn on her leadership as far as like where we've gone and how, the course is gone, so uh, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. I mean, she's been a senator of California for a long time, so I have a lot of respect for what she does for her state in her role and the votes she's done. And the previous under Obama uh, leadership was pretty amazing. That was a, a little more functional Congress, though. Yeah, I know. I just feel like overall your critique is like probably progressives' overall critique of moderate Democrats, and they kind of subtly kowtowing to. The Republicans whims by uh, not not negotiating. What is it? Compromising. Um, and now that the people on the left um, who probably don't even call themselves Democrats, but probably have voted democratically are seeing the shift happen. Uh, there's more and more direct criticisms of those people. So it makes sense. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, the Dems are typically not really good at ousting uh, people in their chairman kind of powerful positions. That's kind of more of a, a Republican thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look like the, the Boehner situation and ultimately Newt Gingrich, uh, after, after his revolution was successful, he had, you know, some issues uh, getting stuff through. Um, I also didn't like Newt Gingrich because he created the term limits thing, which is a kind of false premise that it's going to improve government because it, it stops people from being in power for so long it actually eliminates a lot of the institutional knowledge that is the functional pieces of being able to write strong legislation and and kind of carry over long-term legislation Mm -hmm. Um, if you're turning over the house and the senate every four or five years you know it's not as functional to a degree so yeah i believe the senate is all every six and i believe it's the it's house of representatives is two. two yeah which is yeah but um but there's no term limit. Oh, oh, so the number of times you can get elected. Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for either. Yeah, and there has been before. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, I think they, I don't know if they got it to the point where it was going to occur for uh, Congress, but they, it's happened in state legislatures around the country. And then, oh, okay. And then uh, they were definitely trying for that. Um, that was his, like, I forget what it was, the Agreement with America or whatever, Contract for America. I remember hearing, yeah, yeah I was prob- I was only like 12 or 13 when that whole business was going down, so yeah. I don't recall that era of politics very well. Uh, but, like, going with the impeachment thing, um, yeah, it's, oh, were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Um, so going with the impeachment thing, usually like when I talked about it, it was like, what is going to be that big enough thing that allows them to actually be able to do it? And this was enough for Nancy Pelosi to do it because she was the big stopgap in there. Uh, it'll be good to see all the investigations that will happen because of it. 
now um i don't know exactly what they're gonna wanting to investigate but this is one of those things where i usually hold off and try to do my research and see what people are saying before like i comment on it but you know it happened hours before we recorded so it's something to talk about also for this um i've always wanted to make uh the segment uh this week in fake news more of a thing and i think now that's going to focus a lot more on trump's impeachment process and see what happens because eventually right now i feel like they're going to get a boatload of information which we've wanted for a long time uh and a lot of the things that he did is gonna come out in the light but of course most of us are very cynical and pessimistic about what this uh republican-led senate is going to do and we think the most likely recourse is that he probably won't even go to trial because of moscow mitch as they like to call him now Moscow uh, Mitch. Moscow, okay. yeah, like they're like. So we're oh, we're coming up with nicknames now. That's uh-huh. the key. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, I got it. I- <laughs> so yeah uh so but we'll see where it goes this will probably go through the rest of the year maybe into you know next year and such um and definitely that's why people like alexandria ocasio-cortez and the rest of the squad wanted to get elected and that's why we tried very hard to at least get a democratically held uh, House of Representatives, so we could do things like this, so we could use it as ammo in the 2020 election. So at least that plan seems to be going in a direction. But as Mikkel said about Nancy Pelosi, we don't know how much of a stopgap she and uh, I don't know how much Schumer is going to be involved in this. So next week, I'll probably do a callback for this to make sure that I have more information on just like more about the process, which we should expect, what and then, you know, just a play-by-play update as each subsequent episode goes. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, the the impeachment's out there, and uh, we're, we'll keep our eyes on the process uh, and the continuing investigation into the pieces of the puzzle, including the Ukraine situation. Um, just to touch on the Iran thing, because I think the climate conversation can be a little longer... Uh, so situation, uh, several oil refineries, uh, were struck, uh, a few weeks ago now by, uh, drone attacks or long range missile attacks. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was a very coordinated attack. Uh, the numbers when they were releasing numbers were in like 26 or 27 drones were used. Oh, wow. And, and then several missiles, uh, and basically it, uh, you know, took down the amount of oil that the Saudi Arabians could put out into the market, which directly affected the market. Um, I heard in places there was like a 70 or 80 percent, uh, jump in the price of gas mm. and in response to the oncoming, uh, restriction of barrels coming out of the principality or kingdom. Uh, and they, I think it was that it took them down immediately 25%, uh, but within days they had got it back up to just under 10% below production, and they said by November they should be back at their full production. Okay. So, um, you know, it. they were able to kind of respond to the uh, situation. Uh, a group of Yemen rebels took responsibility for the attack, but most of the world political communities... Uh, and leaders think that this is just kind of a front for an Iranian attack mm-hmm. and that this is one of their proxy 
arms that they uh, support and use and may not have even utilized. They might have just been conducted through kind of shadow rogue state um, places. Allegedly, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, and ultimately kind of putting us at odds with uh, a current adversary of the Trump administration and most administrations since the 1979 revolution. Uh, an attempt at some normalcy under Obama with the Iranian deal, mm-hmm. nuclear deal. Uh, and uh, now tensions arise again, and Trump kind of continues to stoke the fires with rhetoric of his own, uh, I guess saying things like, we're locked and loaded, uh, was a phrase that came out, either in a tweet or a speech. Uh, you never know which is which anymore. And he usually yeah. just kind of like takes one from the other anyway, eventually. Uh, so it all just becomes uh, what he thinks. And uh, yeah, that's the that's the situation there. Um Meanwhile, Iran, of course, denies any involvement in the attacks and, you know, is using their own kind of stiff rhetoric to say that they're not going to be pushed around. And uh, if we think it's going to be time for war, then, you know, they're ready for that. So, uh, you know, another brinksmanship maneuver. Uh, I, 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 It was kind of interesting because within days after the days, that they had said they'd already got the oil back online. The the rhetoric came down incredibly. Like, there's a lot less, like, we're going to war, and there's a lot more of, like, we need to get back to the diplomatic table, which which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I I only have a cursory understanding of this conflict at the moment. I do know from listening to the morning news show that I listen to from time to time that there have been, there was... uh, a planned uh, missile strike against Iran that was then uh, aborted by Trump on the last minute. Um, And and he, one of the things that he said that he was going to do uh, before he got into office was getting out of the Iran deal because he thought it was a horrible deal. Right. And you could maybe, you know, allegedly say that he was using that as a smokescreen to do something else to use Iran um, as a certain thing. Um, I also believe that one of his uh, military people uh, left, I think John Bolton, was it? Uh, uh, well, yeah, it was fired. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think I I forget what he was. If he was he he's been several roles with different governments. If he was either the uh, UN um, diplomat or um, I th- he he might have been. I think his uh, like foreign affairs uh, consulate. What what was he? Let's see, but as we go into that, so right now, like, because I don't have a lot of reference for um, intercontinental political scuffles between presidents and all that, um, it does, in a way, seem like it could turn into a conflict, and maybe that conflict could be used for political means. Yeah, he was a national security advisor. Yeah. So he was ousted in that role, yeah. Uh, but, and, you know, I think he served as, uh, ambassador to the UN under, uh, I want to say Bush, George, uh, Walker Bush, I believe. Yeah, I believe he was the, uh, uh, he he was one of that kind of piece of the, the warmongering as it were, uh, that they were conducting at the time, uh, which now seems 
just so different, such a different kind of opposed view <laughs> of Republican view. Yeah, let, let me put on my cynical brain for a second for this one because, uh, in a lot of ways, it, it looks like this could be his version of uh, weapons of mass destruction, um, and that he could be using like his like I don't like again I don't know um, if Trump is actually being you know uh, how should I say meticulous with his comments sometimes people would say no but other times people might say yes and i wonder just from the business standpoint since our military we spend a fuck ton of money on the military and we know from seeing reports like you know people spending for lobster tail dinners in the military budget that money gets spent on bullshit yeah right so it's not very and because it's the one part of our government that we don't have an explicit line by line thing we can look at there's a lot of shit that can be hidden in there and, you know, subcontractors, military contracts, we hear it in our popular media as that's something that big companies want to do. And, you know, Trump already having given tax breaks to business people and, and such. I wonder if he could be, uh, and I don't know if there will be a war started, but if there is, uh, then there's a lot of money that can go to, you know, contracting, making weapons, you know, right. trying to take over that region. And if it's also an oil grab, too, just to see if they could use that to get money for oil, because that's what happened in Venezuela, and that's why Venezuela got its corruption and all that. So th- this isn't new to American imperialism, and I guess I'm not being asked cynical if you think about it in a very um, American imperialism sort of way. So, again... It it would be weird to start a war where uh, Saudi Arabia is a direct ally when you look at the world in the last wars we started included a direct attack on us where 19 of the hijackers were of Saudi descent. You know, it's kind of a weird play that we would then side with them as... I mean, because if we go to war with Iran, so is Saudi Arabia. They will definitely jump on that opportunity because that's, that's the whole Sunni-Shiite yeah. struggle at, at, at the national state level. So Yeah, it depends on the end goal. And with Trump being our president, I couldn't tell you what the end goal is. I mean, mind, so. you were onto something when you were discussing the business line. Like, yeah. like ultimately, money talks when it comes to Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the moves that he's made has ultimately benefited his own personal poli- po- pockets. Yeah. Like, I mean, even having uh, Pence stay at his hotel in Ireland oh, yeah. had a direct impact on him as financially, positively. So uh, we'll also keep an eye on this story as it plays out. And, you know, if you're listening to this later in the future, you know some of that and how it went. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, we are not at war at this time. So uh, now on to something, a war we're definitely going to (laughs) win. The war against the climate. Because, you know what, I think at this point, climate doesn't have a chance. We're going to (laughs) win the war because that's what it is right Chaz we're in a war on climate we need to like set stuff on fire produce more CO2 I forget I'm <laughs> am, I, am I getting it right I didn't listen to the little girl's speech so I forget no no I think it's a little different than that but yeah right now uh, climate is something that we talk about from time to time but definitely it's another it, it all plays in together like for me being a recovering capitalist 
and definitely uh, Greta Thunberg. And there's also some other activists that I got to point out there. There's some women of color doing their thing out there, too. I'll find that uh, once I do this little spiel. Uh, but definitely, I am glad that there is a, a better like force for protests, um, showing people we don't want you constantly destroying our earth in order to line your pockets with money, which is a bit of an oversimplification, but also drives at the heart of the matter. Uh, and, and then there's little things going on, like, you know, impossible burgers trying to see, could you take over meat? Um, there's also a lot of like production side of things that globalism and multinational companies are doing. Um, everything from like the production of goods for, you know, just sending things around the world. Like, you know, I've ordered some things from Amazon. I probably shouldn't as a good progressive, but you know, I'm a recovering capitalist, right? Uh, Lego said, I think it was 2025, they're going to go full hemp plastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 and it's going to be, to some degree, um, it, renewable, and then also that it, it should eventually biodegrade uh, you know, over time, as opposed to uh, forever lasting plastics that you know, just end up in landfills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be... Uh, I mean, obviously, and then, you know, kind of going into something I think we brought up in one of the previous episodes with the fires that are still, to a degree, raging in the Amazon. I mean, they kind of spark up and and go out, and then basically they're, they're waiting for uh, it to kind of cool off for them to move in and, and perhaps create more branch land or uh, divvy up uh, what's left of it. Uh, and then, uh, recently Greenland, um, put out some information about the amount of ice melt, uh, is happening at a rate much faster than they were expecting. And it's a rate that they weren't expecting to see until around 2070, as far as the speed at which the ice melts. And, uh, Alaska has just officially had its first, uh, year, uh, or current standing that there's no um sea ice connected to alaska for 150 miles which is a first oh wow there's normally uh sea ice annually and and it uh it's gone and so for the next few months until the freeze happens again uh there's no sea ice for 150 miles which is a direct response of of the climate and yeah so you you have all these pieces moving and then yeah and like you were saying production and manufacturing creating the co2 uh, which is a problem because, as uh, Greta mentions in her particular speech, the uh, fairy tale of uh, perpetual economic growth has led us to this mm-hmm. because we're chasing money in areas where we could be making changes and creating a more sustainable uh, methodology, in which case uh, the climate could perhaps fight back and and return to certain areas or uh eventually improve you know in a in indeed a, in a way uh so you you have found some additional uh climate activists who who else um uh, ursa um isra hersley sorry i did not look up how to say her name but this is um ilhan omar's daughter and she is doing some saving the planet as well, too. And I think also thinking about some of the segments I've wanted to make for the show, Political Action is Lit. 
Like, you know, maybe lit is the wrong term, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm trying to be hip. I'm old. Anyway. Travis Scott. It's uh, lit. Right? And just trying to bring that back to see what can people do for the various things that are happening in uh, um, our society right now. So I think, like, for each episode um, after this one, I'm going to try to come up with, like, one good story for each of those. And then whatever else gets brought to the table, we can riff on that, too, just so I can give myself time to actually, you know, dive deep in some things. Like, I've kind of been doing with some political candidates, which I didn't start- which I didn't tell y'all about, uh, like last time, because I didn't choose anybody, and I also didn't research anybody. So, eh, probably build a Blasio next time, but I digress. Um, uh, yeah, we'll just go into detail about all the hundreds of candidates that dropped out before we ever even heard of them. <laughs> uh, sorry, you guys, uh, we didn't get to know you. I guess Ben Glebe's still in it, but he hasn't been invited to any of the debates. But uh, he's continuing it, I guess, to the end in order to. Uh, continue to have a voice at least in the conversation of the election and any additional information on the climate side there um or you were just trying to find out what 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 they were doing yeah this is uh this and this is just a vice article that it's very dense and wordy and i don't have time to read that right now but definitely i'm gonna try to spotlight uh more individuals around the world trying to do climate activism um activism and activision they're trying to program new activision oh games gosh with, like, <laughs> the original tony hawk uh to save the planet maybe that's the solution we just have to grind the planet yeah i just i just wanted to give a spotlight to someone else out there in the world all right with that i'm uh, going to mention four other white women who are also <laughs> doing <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know any other women talking about the environment. I haven't been to Whole Foods in weeks. Uh, But but no, I mean, uh, I think you know everyone that's fighting for it is 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 doing the cause, and uh, it actually, you know, climate change in in certain areas. I did just watch the documentary on. bill gates that's on netflix oh i've only seen like an episode and a half yeah so at at one point you know he's trying to solve the latrine problem yeah that shit was awesome both literally and figuratively in the third world which ultimately is a climate solution because they're polluting with human waste uh, these waterways, which is then leading to episodes of uh, cholera and pol- polio and different uh, types of ailments coming from dirty water, and so by cleaning the the latrines and the and the channels that lead to these waterways, you know you can clean up the environment of very rural areas of the world in South America and Africa and Asia and you know ultimately even parts of North America, you know, which uh, could use some of this. Uh, low impact, low energy use uh, solutions that are that are kind of a Bill Gates legacy with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in how they frame problems and so yeah. how they framed the bathroom problem with the idea of having no energy to connect to it or water necessarily to to run these systems. How can they solve the problem with those constraints? Yeah. And so I think those type of strategies, I mean, it's similar to, um, I think his name was 
uh, Boisland or the the kid who is creating the basically the giant like u-shaped garbage cleanup for the garbage patch oh okay and uh he he was towing it out last year and had some issues with retaining the garbage that it collected it proved some of the concept but it also uh showed some new additional challenges so i think he's continuing that project and he's going to be uh hitting the ocean with his uh retrofitted new version of that uh project for cleaning up the the garbage patch and then you know just kind of applying these techniques to these endlessly huge seemingly unsolvable problems Mm -hmm. is how you can start to take some wins in and 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 get back some uh some land i also read a a stupid article i was saying stupid because it's frivolous compared to these other efforts i guess the fortnite uh original like owner of Fortnite, the guy who like programmed it or whatever oh, okay. is taking his proceeds and buying like lands and like forests and things that he can use to preserve uh uh so he's doing that with his Fortnite money so oh, look at that kids uh yeah. Fortnite saving the earth uh but yeah um it's a it's an ongoing kind of scientific battle in in certain courts and jurisdictions even prove that um this climate change is an issue uh but to those of us who have been paying attention uh you know it clearly is and uh it all starts with all of us yeah there there's always a lot of like bureaucratic and emotional stuff that you have to unpack uh with climate um and uh, because this is the trump presidency a lot of that stuff usually falls back to a certain degree within their base and it falls back into their base in a very visceral part of our economy how you make your money um and we've talked about it on the show before everything from like coal miners trying to get their jobs back to what we just talked about earlier in the show about the deregulation of certain things as opposed to protect the environment um, but then it's a lot more than just that. And there, there has to be like a customary shift on how we live in order for us to basically uh, come back from it. Like, do I think we have enough innovation now with things like electric cars to get off of, um, fossil fuels for a lot of our transport? Probably not yet. And also we say about cars, but we don't think about airplanes and airplanes are a big part of adding to, to that pollution too. Yeah. And then there's also, I believe I saw a quick blurb about Joe Rogan taking down something that Andrew Yang said about people not eating meat. <laughs> Right, because they're saying like the overall production of meat um, and agriculture from like you know farming and everything like that is another bit of the climate issue as well too, and putting CO two in the air and you know warming our planet up to a rate. So how we grew stuff, how we grow stuff in produce and environments and things like that. Yeah, and and in Joe Rogan's defense, I think he was arguing against. Oh, I haven't heard it. Andrew Yang was essentially like saying that everyone should be a vegan if we care about the environment. And Joe Rogan was pointing out that, like, to some degree, uh, natural hunting, we are a predator on this earth. We have canine teeth. Uh, It's clear that, you know, we're part of the meat-eating kind of organism of the planet. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he he would also agree that factory farming and, like, he only eats meat that he kills now and essentially kills most of it with a bow and arrow. That's kind of the Joe Rogan model now is like <laughs> eating elk and stuff. He's kind of removed himself from the hamburger or chicken at the store um, 
uh, normal American diet. So I think someone that hears that would think that when he says that he's he's supporting that side of it, and he's actually already protesting that that system is is gross and mismanaged and uh, creating a lot of problems, and is oh, one yeah. of the largest contributors to climate mm-hmm. issues in this country or, or is pollution. So. Yeah, and I get steaks from time to time, and I eat burgers, so, you know, I guess I'm a recovering climate activist, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, so uh, keep keep an eye out for things you can do. Always, you know, turn off the faucet, turn off the lights, uh, you know. Yeah, those- but ultimately blame the multinational corporations because they're the ones doing more damage than our straws right so okay we got a straw uh, apologist over here no like no 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 (laughs) i remember we talked about the straws before and uh, like of course like i want to support anything that's gonna help us with climate change but of course sometimes when you look at things you don't look at the nuance of it all and there's just, you know, the amount of impact that giving up straws would make if everyone gave up plastic straws pales in comparison to think, w- what I, we need to do. I to think it was the crazy straw. I think I think we flew too close to the sun <laughs> when we started doing loop-de-loops with our milkshakes. <laughs> that's that's where that's Trump's America. Oh fuck! <laughs> see, see, see. And and sure, sure, it was just a single loop when you were eight. But by the time you're twelve or fifteen, it's three or four loops in the straw. Like, what are you gonna do, man? Like, save some for everybody else with that straw. Uh, anyway, that's I mean, but yeah, just think about the multinational corporations and how much night, uh, more regulation we need to put on them because they're they're the big purveyors of this issue, not us. So that's just just thrown that out there, you know. And now for something completely different. My conversation today, since it is late September, going into early October, it's just a general yearly conversation about Halloween. Oh, oh shit. Oh, oh, oh. And just kind of a general run through. I think we've talked about it before, but just kind of like have a little chat about all the kind of facets that go into Halloween. Obviously, there's the change in diet. Uh, with uh, the addition of all that candy. Uh, you've got the costuming. You've got the parties. Don't do blackface. Sorry, Justin Trudeau. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, attending the horror movies with your friends and or lovers and seeing the scary things, pretending like she's going to get scared when really you're the one who's scared. Uh, that is Halloween. Uh, so, you know, what are, what are some costumes you've gone as in the past, Chaz? Well, I've been Spider-Man before, uh, which was really cool. I've been two ninjas, a white ninja and a black ninja. That's good. That's uh, very progressive. Right. I, I mean, that. I was in second grade and I was in third grade. I've also been a member of Starfleet. Uh, that was actually, and I had like a tricoder too. And I was like, nee, nee, nee. like it was, I, I'm still a dork. I would still probably wear that today um i think i feel like you were on a spongebob kick for a minute did you have a spongebob <laughs> costume i didn't okay no um and then the last pikachu uh, you have a pikachu costume i have a onesie oh, okay i have That's a pikachu a... onesie because you know millennials will be about that onesie life sometimes okay uh, okay. that's what i was thinking of sorry spongebob fans no no worries no worries <laughs> anyway <laughs> um you'd be more of a patrick anyway let's <laughs> let's be honest let's Let's be honest. Why did I think, yeah, anything but? But I did dress up as Darth Vader. Uh, 
Yeah, I remember I even, it had the voice changer, and I walked up to my friend's mom, and I was like, Luke, I am your father. And, and it like, was. This is CNN. And, then, and they're like, who is this person? What are you trying to do? I'm like, yeah, this is so weird. Right? So that happened. Then I got older, and like, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on costumes, so I just started making a thing of being um, inanimate objects. So I was a ketchup bottle one year. Okay. I was a beer keg another year. Okay. And now my go-to stunner been with me like six years straight. My main man, Pepper. It was like a Pepper costume. Right? Okay. It's legit like, you know what? Because I'm just going to the parties, you know, to meet people, drink a little alcohol. Like, you know, I I mean, I'm not going to try to win contests. It's not some aspect of my life that I want to put a lot of effort into. So, you know, I got my costume. Now, someone goes to a party. I'm like, I'm Pepper. And I can, Uh like, put my body into it and go down to the ground. So I just look like a Pepper shaker. So, you know. That's pretty good. It got some novelty. I like it. Uh, Yeah, I, I, uh, as a youngster i was definitely dracula several years the dracula vampire you have to decide you know like are you like the leader or you just kind of joined mm-hmm. uh the thing uh i went as a lost hiker one year that oh, was a fun nice. one uh that one was cool because the reveal uh, when the party started running low on beer was that i had a case of beer in my backpack and oh. so i never mentioned it the whole night and then at the end, I was like, hey, guys, I, I think I'm going to set up base camp. I'm going to need to break out some of my provisions. And uh, I pulled out this case of beer late in the party. That was a hit. That That's uh, clutch right there. Uh, and then, um, you know, back in my less progressive days, I went as a uh, freeway on-ramp uh, uh, beggar. But, oh, it, but no. it was one of those false ones where, like, I'm actually just asking for your money, but I have a full-time job. <laughs> so it was the era of the flip phone. So I every once in a while I'd be like, "Hey, can I have a dollar?" And then I'd turn around and be like, "Please sell all those Amazon stocks, okay? I need to buy a second house." Anyway, about that dollar, that was the bit, oh, and uh, I left that uh, party with seven ones because seven different people would yes and me through the improv, the non-progressive. I'm admitting at this point, 2019 improv, and yeah, I left with seven dollar bills. I. Hoard out my costume for seven dollar bills. I uh, am mad. <laughs> uh, what else? That's probably my most controversial costume, which is what the people want. Let's give them what they want. Uh, you know, I think in recent years, um, I, I have gone as a ninja before. Um, that one's uh, always a little bit fun. Uh, I I'm not sure if I've done anything. I've always okay. The stunner for me. I have blonde hair, guys. Uh, is, you know, spend a lot of time out in the sun during the summer and grow my hair out. And then Super Saiyan Goku is like a dream that I, I don't think I'm ever going to do at this point. But the idea of wearing a red gi and then just Super Saiyan the blonde hair up yeah, yeah. feels pretty great. Uh, uh, I haven't, I haven't, I never let the hair grow out. Like, I already got a haircut a couple weeks ago anyway. So that one's out again. Yeah. I've um, wanted to be trunks for like a while and the great say I'm in. Maybe if I decide to put in a little bit of effort into a costume, I might do one of those. Right. Right. No one wants to be Piccolo, though. No one's asking for that. No, I've seen people do I'm Piccolo. Scared, that was a <laughs> joke, Chaz. Chaz over here, he, he went to the uh, No Never improv school. And he's just like, no, that's wrong. Uh, moving on, since we're in a costume K-hole, 
<laughs> movies. Uh, obviously, horror movies. Uh, this year, you've got Scary mo- Stories to Tell in the Dark, a remake of Child's Play. Annabelle Comes Home is back. You could go watch Us, which came out earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, though, out of our era, kind of the 80s and 90s, early 2000s, uh, are some scary movies you remember or stand out to you, either because they scared you or the time that you saw them? What are what are some scary movies? So I was never really a fan of Freddy Krueger. So I guess the Nightmare on Elm Street because that scared the shit out of me. Like I had bad nightmares for a while. Yeah, that was that was bad for the night for the dream sequence mm-hmm. nightmare thing. That was bad as a kid to see that one for sure. That would set you up for some for some bad sleep. Uh, I did like like all the real kind of corny ones of the eighties, like the Leprechaun series. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, Fan- Phantasm wasn't that one? Oh yeah, the old man following you with that weird like deadly ball. Uh, those ones were good. The original Child's Play, yeah, Chucky fucked with me as a kid a little bit because everyone had that My Little Buddy, mm-hmm. like my buddy, and, and he kind of looks like yeah. like a, you know a, a Chucky esque thing. And I was just be like, how do you all like got this weird buddy thing when you guys got Child's Play out there as a movie? Uh, the Halloween series were always, those were always pretty good. They were like bad, but good in a way that like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies were like more on the bad side, Mm -hmm. you know, but the Halloween ones always added a little more suspense. Um, and then I guess nineties classics, uh, Scream. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I've seen Scream. Before they spoiled it, it had a pretty good twist. Yeah. Like, you didn't know, you know, spoiler alert, Jamie Kenney did all of it. He killed everybody. And he's still in the second one. No. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil it. But, yeah, that that one was uh, a classic 90s edition of, of the kind of entering the horror franchise. And then uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, see, that was my one shit. One and two. That was the first one. The first one was my shit because that was suspenseful. Like, I don't care, like, about the jump scares and all that. Like, fuck out of here with that bullshit. But, like, if you're suspenseful, like, Final Destination, like, yeah, I I mean, I want to, like, I'm like, oh, shit, like, hear a thing move, you're like, oh, shit, what was that? Uh, Oh, yeah, it's it's not a horror movie, but now that video games uh, started to have, like, survival horror and those things, uh, Resident Evil 2, the original one, that got me a little bit. That was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. There was a computer game that came out before that where it was, like, this real sadistic killer guy, and, like, it had pretty good graphics for late 90s. I remember my friend playing it, Mm -hmm. and, like... if it started to get dark out, I was like, well, let's switch the game up. <laughs> uh, and then there's a, the newest one that I played was on PS4 called Until Dawn. And it basically just borrows from a lot of 80s tropes. Um, you're a group of kids in this cabin and there's some freaky shit happening in this like very mountainous area and you're in the game and you play it and there's moments where you have to sit still and be calm like it is very immersive so if you like if you like horror movies and you might be into a horror game you should check it out like yeah it's cool and uh and with that enjoy and have a safe halloween this year and if you're listening to this after halloween good luck in the uh wham challenge and if you're listening to it after we've gone to war with the climate and won and you're in the burning villages (laughs) uh stay cool um 
Once bitten and twice shy. Pum 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 pum. Y'all done lost anyway. <laughs> that was the whole point of this episode. All right. Um. So, uh, this is our last Christmas. No, uh, we have come to the end of the show. Uh, as always, for my portion of this, uh, you can get a hold of me at Seatown Mayor. Uh, S-E-A-T-O-W-N-M-A-Y-O-R on the Twitter sphere. I am your helper of the municipality by the coast. Uh, hit us up at H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com. That's H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com. That's a how you live in email box. Get at us. Uh, right now, all I see is my receipts when I order pizza at Domino's. Because that's the email I use. Oh, no. I don't know. I haven't used it. But that sounds cool. Uh, Chaz, how can they get at you? Yeah, for the value extraction portion of the podcast, of course, like us on iTunes and wherever else that you listen to the podcast. It really helps us out and let you know, let us know how you live in. Uh, you can catch me at uh, ChazBaz on uh, the Instagrams. Uh, Chaz Baz on the Twitter and Chaz Baz on TikTok, but I've been, you know, not doing a lot of social media stuff. I know I sound like a broken record. And also next time, you know what I forgot um, that I went to this past Saturday? I saw our District 5 debates between um, the incumbent, uh, Deborah Juarez, and Anna Sattler. So we will uh, put a pin in that and we'll do some uh, Seattle politics segments for you local heads or people that just want to hear kind of how we foresee our local politics and see if you can apply some of that method and uh, thought process in your own local area to get involved. Chaz, as always, this has been real fun. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too, Mikkel. Don't forget to be awesome, y'all. Yeah, be awesome out there. Take care of the planet. Take care of each other. And we out. Peace. I get to make you a believer Oh, okay I'ma see you in a see ya No, adios Yes, I'll see you in a see ya Good guy, so stressed